my house. <laughs> What's up, everybody? <laughs> All right. Raise your hand if you're sunburned. Some of you walked in today and I was like, you suckers, I'm so jealous right now. Hey, uh, welcome to Young Adults, welcome to uh, Thursday Nights, and welcome to our series that we are entitling Welcome Home, okay? And we just opened up with a song, I think you saw them up here, they did excellent. Um, it is a secular song by a band called 30 Seconds to Mars, and, <laughs> and um, in it... The line that they sing says, we were the kings and the queens of promise. And we've been in a series for the last uh, couple of weeks to talk about what we are about on Thursday nights, why we exist, why we're here, why we do young adults, and what the vibe is supposed to be on Thursday nights. And what we have completely kind of sewn into this room is the reality that we will be a place that always welcomes home prodigals and that we will be a place that is continually welcoming in outsiders and saying this is your house we make room for you here but on top of that on top of that at young adults we believe that we are not just to welcome in outsiders, but that we are to raise them up. That young adults exist and always will exist to raise up and to empower the next generation into leadership, into ownership, into ruling and reigning, into uh, the type of lives that change the atmosphere of where we are. And so that line says, we were the kings and queens of promise. And I love it because here's the reality is that sometimes secular people uh, write songs and they don't even know that they're using biblical language. Because God talks in scripture about the reality that we will rule and we will reign. That we are royalty and that we are children of promise. If you don't believe me, this is from Psalms, and it says this. It says, your sons will take the place of your fathers, and you will make them princes throughout the land. And so here's what we're believing at Young Adults. We're believing that you can come as you are. We're believing that you can come uh, broken. You can come as an outsider. You can come as a simple person or a nominal person. You are always welcome here, but you cannot leave here that way. But that God is going to raise you up to be princes in the land. We are believing that God is a God who makes princes in our land. And whether you are a male or a female, that he is raising you up to lead throughout all the land. And God is in the business of taking very normal people, nominal people, unsubstantiated, unqualified people, and raising them up to be the types of people that do miraculous things. In fact, it, it says this about the types of people that God calls. It says this in 1 Corinthians. Brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many of you were influential. Not many of you were noble in birth. But God chose the foolish things of this world to shame the wise. 
God chose the weak things of this world to shame the strong. He chose the lowly things of this world, the despised things, the things that were not, to nullify the things that are. And you have maybe heard it from preachers that God does not, um, you know, call the qualified, but he qualifies the called. I would put it this way, that God is in the business of picking people who have been passed over. In 1 Corinthians, it says that we were not noble when we were called. You were not kings and queens when you were called. And yet, he calls you into nobility. God loves making kings and queens out of common people. He loves making leaders out of lowly people. He loves making game changers out of people who don't think they have anything. He loves making royalty out of people who think that they are rags. And so if you came in here tonight and you feel less than, you came in here and maybe you have a drug addiction that has been chasing you or that you just kicked. You came in here and maybe you feel uh, worn down from a four-year relationship that whittled your uh, insides down into nothing. Maybe you came in here and you feel as if maybe God has no plans for you, that there is no future for you, that there really um, isn't anything. You are common at best. God wants to say two things. He wants to say, one, welcome home. And number two, he wants to say, in this house, I am a kingmaker. That's what I do. And so if you are taking notes tonight, I titled tonight, House of Kings and Queens. House of Kings and Queens, let's pray. Let's ask Jesus to be here on this beautiful evening. God, thank you so much for the sunshine. I thank you so much for your written word. I thank you uh, for your Holy Spirit. I thank you for this room. And I pray that today um, you would just break some things in here. I am believing that tonight is going to be a different night. I'm believing that tonight that you just want to um, completely, there are some people in here who feel completely common, completely average. And I pray that tonight, God, that you would just break that and that this would be um, a four-way into a new season for them and a new season for young adults. I love you, God. You are a miracle worker. Um, I believe it even if nobody in this room believes it. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. Okay, so when was the last time you felt inadequate? Maybe just think about it for a second. <laughs> Some of you dudes are like, I walked in here and I said hi to a girl, and I didn't go right. So you felt inadequate, right? You feel, you feel unqualified. You feel less than. When was the last time? I've had many times. I'm pretty sure probably a couple of, t a couple of those happened this week. But uh, one that stands out in my mind, okay, I was a thespian growing up. Everybody's like, oh, my goodness. Can you say that in church? Um, I was a thespian growing up, which meant I was into acting. Okay. <laughs> I know. Surprise. <laughs> um, <laughs> I loved acting. I loved getting out there. I was in a thing called Kid Skits, right? And, uh, and they were also my booking agency. When I was 19 years old, um, I, I had only been on a couple of these, but I got this wonderful phone call from my agent saying, you, um, just, you can go. There is a casting call. It is for a female just your age. And get this, it is a pilot um, for the potential of a Disney television show. Wow. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm pumped. 
right? And I show up to this casting call, and immediately I'm thinking, because I read the description, and it was like, we are looking for an all-American female that's outdoorsy, right, that can play the guitar, and that's chipper. And I'm thinking, amen. I go to a Christian university where everyone wears chacos. I look, I look outdoorsy. Um, I barely brush my hair. I look outdoorsy. And, and I've got the all-American thing going on, and I go to a Christian university, so I play guitar. And, and I think to myself, like, I, I've got this. Like, this is no big deal. Four chords and praise the Lord, right? And so, so I show up to this casting call, and I'm, I'm in my mind, I have so much confidence as I walk into the room. Now, when I walk into the room, I open up the door to a room probably about this size. And when I walk in, there are hundreds of females in there. And each one of them looks like the reincarnation of the Little Mermaid. <laughs> they are beautiful. They are chipper. And they are well-versed in acting. And immediately, I know that I am a fish out of water, right? I start walking around, and I've got my guitar slung around my backpack, and, or whatever, it's on my back. <laughs> and... And I realize that I'm in a room um, full of people that do this for a living. And I can see their headshots, and they've got their professional headshots, and, and my mom had taken mine, right? And um, I sit down next to a female as we were waiting to be called, and I'm like, hey, what's your name? And she's like, I'm Cameron. And I'm like, oh, cool. And we kind of, you know, start chatting. And she's like, what are you doing? I'm like, well, I'm a full-time student. I do this on the side. And I'm thinking that's everybody in here, right? Like everybody's like waiting tables or going to school, and then they do this on the side. And I'm like, Cameron, what do you do? And she's like, oh, I'm a full-time model. And I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> okay. And, and she goes, yeah, I'm a full-time model. She's like, and then I act on the side. And I was like, sweet. And she's like, yeah, my last role was just a little bit part on the Wizards of Waverly Place. And I was like, oh. And I'm like, is there a way? Can I exit? Where do I go? Right? Like, how do I get out? And, but before I know it, they call Cameron, and then they call me, and we do this thing called slating, and Cameron gets up there and destroys it. She's like, hi, I'm Cameron. Um, and what they do is they have you give your weight, your height, your hair, right? Um, it's pretty derogatory, actually, when you think about it. Uh, and, 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 and then why, you know, a little bit about you. And so she's like, hi, I'm Cameron. I'm five foot nine. I've got brown hair, chestnut eyes. And uh, my last role was as Lydia on Wizards of Waverly Place. And then she's like, um, I enjoy chocolate and I'm really good at Roku and uh, you know like slays it like slays it destroys it and I was just like I was just like okay I hate my life like how do I get out of this right I get up there and I'm like I'm Jesse oh my gosh I'm five foot four and i but I'm blonde does that count for something in Disney World um you know and um and I'm and I'm trying to get out of this, you guys. I'm like panicking. I'm sweating. I'm just like, please, Lord, like just. And they're like, oh, and we see you brought your guitar. And I'm like, oh no 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 no. Nope. All I know is worship songs, you know. And and they're like, why don't you go ahead and play a song for us? And so I get up there. I kid you not. And um, I had just learned a very very terrible shout to the Lord. And so that's what I play at my casting call. <laughs> I exit that day, I exit that day, and, um, you know, like, you can tell, like, all the looks on their faces, they're like, don't let the door hit you on the way out, right? 
And I'm thinking to myself, oh my goodness. And as I, you know, went back to the website later and I knew that I wouldn't get called, but it said, it said this, it said um, that they had moved on and were in the second phase of casting with the qualified candidates. In other words, that that day I was an unqualified candidate. When was the last time that you felt inadequate, young adult? When was the last time? Maybe for you, um, you know, it was school. And it's been the last two years of school. And everybody's just swimming and they're doing fine. And you are drowning. And you're just praying that nobody else figures it out. Maybe it was a rejection letter that you received from work. Or you walk into the job that you currently have and you're just hoping that nobody finds you out because you don't have what it takes and you can feel it. You have a fear that you're going to be found out. Maybe, maybe for you, it's your home life. You do well in the marketplace. You do well in your job, right? But when it comes uh, to the way that you treat your sister, your mom, your dad, maybe your spouse, they know. They know how you allocate your time and you're failing. Maybe for you, it's your Christianity. You don't pray enough. You don't seek the Lord enough. You're not good enough. And if you think uh, that we don't all have these moments of inadequacy. Just listen to C.S. Lewis. He says this. He says, I don't have any language weak enough to depict the weakness of my spiritual life. If I weakened it enough, it would cease to be a language at all. As when you turn the gas ring down a little lower still and it merely goes out. Maybe for you, it's not your Christianity. It's not some big sin in your life. It's not some big failure. But you walked in here tonight and you feel normal, average at best. You feel like in a room full of people like this, that you're the wallflower, the one that nobody picks, nobody knows. You don't have too many failures, but my goodness, you don't have too many successes either. And I think that for most of us in here, 99.9% .9 of us in here, we all struggle with this. And maybe we have moments of feeling completely secure in and of ourselves but there are the moments where we fail and we are overtaken by that raw feeling of insecurity that we don't measure up. When's the last time that you felt inadequate? Because God says that when he called us, that not many of us were influential, not many of us were wise, not many of us were of noble birth. Let me put this in modern day terms. He says, when I called you, not many of you were Hollywood hot. Not many of you had 10,000 Instagram followers when I called you. Not many of you, um, you know, had the intelligence of a Steve Jobs. Not many of you were a socialite. Not many of you came from families that weren't broken. Not many of you were rich. Not many of you were good students. Not many of you were popular. Not many of you were from good families. You were charming. You were poised. You were organized. This is what he's saying. God is saying that for most of us in here, and don't lie to yourself, you were a hot mess when Jesus found you. And here's the reality. Sanctification has been at work at, at, like in you and through you. But even right now, you walked in here tonight, and you're still a little bit messy, right? And God says, I love to work in the nominal and in the people who are common, who are common. Jesus says, I found you, and you were a hot mess. Last week was the women's conference, and uh, I had the opportunity of preaching there. 
I was so excited. I woke up that morning, my head popped off the pillow at 6 a.m. and I was like, I'm gonna preach to a bunch of girls. I was so excited. And I was so pumped, and um, I'm praying, and I'm like, this is the day that the Lord had made. I'm like, naming and claiming, I'm like, tonight's going to be incredible. Like, like people are going to get saved. Like, it's, I know it, Lord. And, um, and I hear, you know, my toddler up, and I'm like, cool, I'm going to go in there. And I love my daughter in the morning because she's just a chipper, bright sunshine. And so I walk in there, and I'm like, hey, Brooke. And she's like, hi. And she's standing in her crib, and she's going like this. And she goes, poop. And I was like, What? My daughter had reached into her diaper, <laughs> her soiled diaper, had rubbed it on the crib, and then, and then had displayed it for me proudly. And I do one of these. This is what, uh, this is how good of a mom I am, how good of a wife I am. I go, John! And he like comes running in and I'm like, hold this. Like I lift her up and he like takes her to the bathroom. He starts washing her and I'm like disinfecting her crib and taking off all of her sheets, right? And we like get her dressed like I'm running late. I need to be at the church by seven. Like I'm just like, oh my gosh, Lord, I have wet hair. When I show up, like Brooklyn's not dressed. I don't even know if she's eaten, right? I show up and they're starting to do their meeting and they're like, oh, is Jesse here? And I'm like, oh, I'm present. You know, and they're like, are you so excited to preach? And I'm like, yes. When my name was called, I was a hot mess, and this was just last week. <laughs> the reality for you is that most likely you walked in here tonight, and if you're being honest, Jesus is calling your name, and you're a hot mess, even right now. And so what I want to talk about with God making us kings and queens, there's a few points, and the first thing is this, is that God loves Colliding with your common. God loves colliding with your common. God loves slamming headlong into you when you are average, when you are broken, when you are simple, when you are having a normal day. He loves it. And if you don't believe me, turn to your Bibles, turn to Exodus. We're going to be hanging out in uh, Exodus 3 and Exodus 4. Most of you know a man named Moses if you've been around church for any amount of time. When we meet Moses in Exodus 3, God is calling him to be a leader. Now, what's interesting about this is that he is not calling some 22-year-old, 25-year-old strapping lad who's uh, been working out and who looks like he could lead armies and who um, is in his prime, who is well-spoken, has a deep voice, and can command what the Lord is asking him to do. No, when we meet Moses, he is a shriveled up old man. He is way past his prime. Not only that, but he is hiding in the desert. In his former life, he was a Jew posing as an Egyptian, and so we can add poser to his list of attributes. And he has recently descended into a depression in the desert because right before this, he killed a man. And so if you're feeling like, man, I just don't measure up. You're in good company. Hopefully you didn't kill a man and bury him in the sand before you came here. If you did, there is a man named Jesse at the back. He would love to speak with you. He's the head of security. <laughs> but right before this, he kills a man, and he ends up in Midian, which is essentially uh, like Pueblo, okay? 
Like, <laughs> sorry. Dude, if you're from Pueblo, I love you. No, but really, who goes there unless, like, you know, you have to, right? <laughs> and so he ends up in Pueblo because he's running. He's ashamed of himself. He doesn't want the Egyptians to find him, and he is hiding Moses' life at this point. He is a sheep herder, not of his own sheep, but for sheep that belong to his father-in-law. His life is lame at best. And this is where God decides to collide with him in the middle of a burning bush. It says this, Exodus 3, the Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned for their suffering. So I've come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and bring them up out of the land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites and Hittites, Amorites, uh, it looks like parasites, but I'm, I'm not saying it right, Hivites and Jebusites. Listen to this. He is giving him a promise, people. He is giving him a promise in the middle of his common, boring, lame life. And now the cry of the, the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go. This is him calling Moses. I am sending who? You, bud. To Pharaoh. To bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. God collides with Moses, a common man, a broken man. And that's where he decides to call him. They do introductions. Hey, I'm Moses. Uh, I was an Egyptian, but only kind of, and now I'm here. And he's like, cool, I'm God. <laughs> uh, and I'm sending you, Moses, to go free my people. Now, what's crazy about this, you guys, this God calling the common man into a great, beautiful adventure, this is something that so deeply affects every single person in here. This is the story that we know deep down we are supposed to be living. That yes, we are common, but God pulls us out of our commonality into our calling. We know this. We know this because it's our favorite stories. Cinderella, sleeping by the cinders, where she gets her name being a maid for her stepsisters nobody cares about her no one knows her name and then one day she becomes a glass slippered princess to a beautiful prince what about harry potter <laughs> i'm shaking my head because I, I just like love it so i'm trying not to nerd out um <laughs> harry potter an orphan that we find under the stairs no one knows his name. No one cares about him. He is not the favorite child until he collides with a giant and his life changes forever. Ray, a scavenger from Jakku. <laughs> All the mind students are like, thank you. Star Wars. <laughs> and my husband, I like Star Wars too. I don't want to watch them all and consecutively. Um, and she runs into BBA, and then after that, she is called into a higher calling. Uh, do not think that your emotions over these things or your excitement or the joy or that inner, like, flame that perks up when you hear stories like that. Do not think that it is 
for no reason at all. It is because this is the way that the Lord writes stories. It is because this is the only way, if you read the Bible, this is the only way he writes stories. Taking very common people and bringing them into their beautiful promise. Timothy, from the Bible, a church planner, a world changer, was a teenager when we find him. He had a split home, a Greek father, a believing mother. He's probably got some dysfunction there. And he runs into Paul and his life changes forever. Esther was an orphan. She was an orphan and an outsider. In fact, so much an outsider that um, her, the man that was taking care of her said, please don't tell anybody what you are or where you came from. She was an outsider until the day that the king summoned her into the courts and through the hand of God she was made queen. These are the stories that God writes. Peter was a rabbinic school dropout. John was considered unschooled. There's um, Abraham who was old. There was Joseph who had family issues. This is what God does. He raises kings and queens out of the common. And God loves colliding with us young adult, when we are in our common places. And when he does, it changes things forever. I know this because I've totaled many cars. <laughs> I know what it's like to have a collision. When I was uh, about, gosh, we were a couple days out from being married. Actually, no, I'm sorry. It was the day before I was going to get married. So rehearsal dinner, I'm on my way with my best girlfriend, and we're like, hey, our nails are done, you know, <laughs> and we're driving, and we're so excited, right, and we're making our way down the highway, and it was uh, the kind of summer where it kind of monsooned in the afternoon, it was really hot, but then it would just rain and rain and rain, and so um, I didn't, you know, I was driving too fast, if I'm being honest, and uh and I ended up hydroplaning and running my cute little Jeep into the side of a concrete wall. <laughs> I totaled my car. And not exactly what you want to have happen the day before your wedding. I called John and I'm like, baby, I'm so sorry. Um, I totaled our car and I love you and I'm going to be late for the rehearsal. And he's such a good husband to be and he's like, I'm going to come get you. Like, don't worry about it. It's totally fine. I was like, thank you, you know. A few months go by, and I have a new car at this point, and I'm pulling out of Einstein's. I may have been looking out of uh, my cell phone. Don't do that. <laughs> and a car T-bones my car as I pull out. Uh, it's my fault again. And I call John, and I'm like, baby, <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, just this car came out of nowhere. It hit me, right? And he's like, I love you. I'm coming to get you. Don't worry about it. Don't admit fault to the police. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and then the third time, <laughs> it's a couple months later. We've been married for six months. Pray for him. Um, six months in, it's Christmas Eve, Eve, and I'm coming down a highway again, but it's a little bit slick. And I pump the brakes, and I already know I'm in trouble because my little, like, Jeep Liberty is like a little roller skate that can spin around. And so as soon as I do that, I'm spinning, and I crash into the back of a Bronco, which is made, it was like 1979, so it was made of, like, pure steel, right? And my little car is like, <laughs> um, I called John this time. This is a true story, and it was almost as if he knew. I'm not kidding. So I call him, and I'm like, baby, and he's like, what? 
<laughs> and I'm like, you still, you still love me, right, baby? Um, colliding is normally a terrible thing. It is normally uh, an awful thing. Ask my cars. But when we collide, when Jesus comes and he collides with our common, it is a miracle. And here's the thing about collisions is that when, you run, when something runs into something, either both of them change or one thing is left changed. When my car hit the edge of the concrete, my car was changed forever. When my car, you know, ran into the back of a 1979 Bronco, my car crumpled like a piece of paper. And what God wants you to understand is that he wants to invade your common and he wants to collide with where you're at and with your average right now. And when he does, he is the God that does not change. He is like a brick wall. And when he does this, when he comes and he collides with you, it is you and it is your commonality that he will crumple and rework within you. God loves to collide with your common. Where are you at tonight? Where do you feel unqualified tonight? Where do you feel like you don't measure up? God wants you to understand that he would like to meet you in it tonight. Number two, God raises identities, not giftings. God raises your identity as a king, as a queen, not your gifting. Moses hears from God, okay, Moses, this is your call, now go. And immediately he rebukes the Lord. Smart. <laughs> he says, but Moses said to God, what am I or who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? Immediately he protests, and it's on the grounds of his objection or look at me, ah, I'm nobody, I'm from nowhere, I have nothing, look at me, why would you even think of sending someone like me? And later on, he, he goes even deeper and he begins to tell God why he can't go do this call because he doesn't have the giftings. I wonder how many of you in here, you have rejected a word from the Lord because he's told you this is who you are, this is what I'm sending you to do, and you simply say, I don't have the talents. This is what he says. Moses answered, what if they don't believe me or listen? Well, they say, the Lord did not appear to you. This is what he's saying, okay? He's like, what if they call me liars? This is what he's saying in this moment. He's like, look, God, I am not the man that wanders into a room and, and, and owns it the moment that I walk in. I am not what strength finders would call a woo. I'm not, I don't have the gift of command. I, I, I'm not the guy, I'm not the influencer, okay? I, I don't know how to affect people that way. He's saying, I don't have the gift. God, you're sending the wrong person. He goes on and he says, Moses said to the Lord, pardon your servant, Lord. I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant, because I am slow in speech and tongue. And God actually tells him, he's like, um, I'm going to give you words, Moses. <laughs> this kills me. This kills me. Please don't do this with Jesus. Please don't do this with the Lord. Because he's like, I still, I can't, Lord. And I believe that God would have given Moses words. But God gets so frustrated with him, he's like, cool, well, then I'm going to give words to your friend, okay? Because, like, you're just dumb. <laughs> but how many of us in here? We actually think that the call is contingent upon our ability to execute. How silly, how stupid. 
We look at the Lord and we say, Lord, we can't possibly uh, be a king or a queen. We can't possibly be raised up into the identity that you are calling us to because we're not eloquent. We don't have the influence. We don't know the people. We don't have the connections. We don't have, look at how many other people are so much more gifted than me. I am common, Lord. If I could be bolder, if I could be stronger, and we reject the calling because of our lack. But listen to me. He was looking in this moment. Listen to me. Let your hearts open up. He was looking to raise up a king, not a craft. He was looking to raise up your insides, not your outsides. He was looking to rework and and completely change who you are from the inside out, and that it would leak into your externals. God is in the business of raising up leaders, and when he does, it is not because they are talented. And you know what? I believe that even afterwards they might not be talented, but it does not matter because they know that they know that they know that they are a king or a queen. God's hardly concerned with how gifted you are. And so how are you qualifying yourself tonight? Is it by your skill set? Is it by your giftings? Is it by how good or uh, bad you are at certain things? Because God would say, be careful. Be careful. It is completely based on who I am making you to be. At one point, Moses kind of wises up and he asked the Lord this. Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and I say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? Then what shall I tell them? In other words, they're asking, uh, you know, he goes, what if they ask for my qualifications, Lord? What if they ask for my resume? Do I say what I do? I'm a sheep herder. And this is how God responds to him. God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent you. Do you notice that God didn't even give God's credentials, (laughs) that God doesn't say, why don't you tell them that uh, the God of salvation, the God of miracles, the prince who brings peace, God doesn't even identify himself by his skill set. Hear me, come on. He identifies himself simply for who He is, and he is in all, and he is through all. Everything was created for him, and through him, and to him. He says, I am. In other words, I'm all. I'm in everything, and everyone, everywhere. He is the fullness, the completion, the satisfaction of every need or every desire that we ever have. Moses wanted to be great based out of a gift, and what God is saying is your greatness is going to be found in the fact that you are in me. These are your qualifications. I am. I'm everything, and I'm the one that's calling you. And so if you're in here tonight and you're feeling common, you need to know that there is a God who is bigger than any government, who is bigger than um, any church, who is calling you, and your credentials are him And the last thing is this, the I am calls you royalty. 
This entire series has been about the fact that we are uh, welcoming home prodigals. We are welcoming home the outsiders. If you feel like you don't belong, if you feel lonely, if you feel like you're not good enough, this is your home. But here's the reality is that here the goal will always be that we are raising up and training up and sending out leaders. And that we want you to come as a commoner. But believe me, I, I just feel tonight that God wants you to leave tonight understanding your identity as a king, as a queen, as a co-heir with Christ. God forms a leader from the inside out. It says this in Romans 8, the spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. And if we are God's children, then we are his heirs. And if heirs of God, then co-heirs with Christ. I am calls you royalty. And tonight I just feel like there are so many of you in here. And the way that you have been measuring yourself for the last little bit has been based on your skill set or lack thereof. Has been based on your resume or, or the, the failures that you have had up until this point. And you need to understand that God is completely unconcerned with that first and foremost. But what he wants is your heart and what he wants to raise up is your identity. There is a female here in Young Adults who I respect so much. Um, who I'm so grateful to know and who I believe uh, is going to affect thousands of people. But if you were to ask her, is it based on your skill set or, or the qualifications that you feel like you have in and of this moment, I think she would tell you no. I think she would tell you that it's based on who she is in Christ. Go ahead and watch this video. My name is Emily. I was adopted into a Christian home from South Korea when I was five months old. I was born with schizencephaly, which is a type of cerebral palsy. I have two older brothers and an older sister who is also adopted from Korea. When I was 13, a girl made fun of my speaking. After that, I didn't talk to anyone except my family for five years. I lost all my confidence. I realized that I wasn't the same as other kids and I became depressed. A couple of years later, one of my best friends died unexpectedly. And that same year, my other best friends moved away. I became more depressed than ever. My parents wanted to cheer me up, so they planned a trip to California. I had wanted to go to a live taping of a TV show, but it got canceled. I tweeted that I was disappointed, and to my surprise, the producer and writer of the show replied. He invited me to visit the set, and there he encouraged me to write stories. I posted some of my stories on social media, Soon, I had a lot of followers, and people told me that I was a good writer. My sister was my biggest fan. Then last year, I had some health problems, and my sister moved out abruptly. I felt devastated and abandoned. My sister was my world, and now she wouldn't even talk to me. I thought I had no one. I attempted suicide. But God was always there looking out for me. He told me to keep fighting, 
He gave me a puppy who never leaves my side. I think he created her just for me. He gave me Christian friends that pointed me back to God, and I started to go to Red Rocks Young Adults. The more I went, the more I liked it, and the more friends I made. But all of my friends were serving God through mission trips or internships or something. I felt so alone, like there wasn't anything I could do to serve God and others. After all, I couldn't walk or talk or use my hands much. I decided to write a blog telling my story to encourage others. I didn't know what I was doing, but I gave it up to God to do it His way. I learned to be still and listen to His voice. I felt like God was telling me to attend the Red Conference at Red Rocks Church. I am so thankful for that experience. I heard just what I needed to hear. I met great people and I gained confidence and boldness. I experienced a joy that I had never felt before. God filled me with his Holy Spirit. I still have to fight every day to keep that joy. The enemy is always trying to steal it from me. But I am confident that God is working everything for his will in my life. Don't let the enemy tell you that you don't have anything to offer. Think about what God has given you and embrace that. My mom always says that if I can serve God and choose joy, anyone can. Would you guys stand? Emily, you are a queen. I look at you and I see power. And I have for a while. <clears throat> Her joy is so real. <coughs> You're sassy. And I love getting to know her. Um, and I can, sorry. I can sense this, uh, man, we're hazing it up. It's good. It's good. <clears throat> Dude, I can't breathe. <laughs> um, but, and like, I believe in you so much. Um, I think that your reach is going to go further than, um, than the reach I hope for in my life. And I think it's because you know who you are. And so for everybody in this room tonight, what I would like to invite you to do in this moment is God would like to collide with your common. He would like to collide with your average. And he is inviting you into a moment with him where he's like, what do you feel inadequate in? What do you feel like you aren't good enough in? What do you feel like, uh, you know, sets you back or sets you apart in a way that's negative? And he wants to meet you there. That's where he always meets people on their Damascus road where they are blind. That's where he meets them. And he wants to meet you in that moment, and he wants to break it for you, young adult. I believe that, but here's the deal. You need to invite him to collide with you. And so 
as we worship tonight, invite him to come into those spaces and invite him to call you out of your common. With every head bowed, I just have one question, and it's simply this. If there is anybody in here tonight who did not know of a Jesus, of a God, of a king, who not only meets them in their average and in their hurt and in their pain, but who who loves them, calls them out of that, ushers them into a great calling. If there's anyone in here tonight who doesn't know Jesus, my king, who is a savior, who is a who is a um, is the writer of beautiful stories, who loves so deeply and so true. If there's anybody in here who doesn't know this God and you would like to, I just want to invite you to raise your hand. I'm count to three and then just raise your hand in the air if you would like to know the God and you would like to invite this God into your heart one he loves you so much and he does have a call for you two three just raise it up real high amen 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 thank you amen you can put them down for those people that raised your hands I want to pray for you God thank you um God, you say that when we receive you as our Savior, that you wipe our slates clean, that there is no one who is righteous, God, but that you came, you died, you lived a sinless life, the life that we can't live, and the blood that you shed covers not only our sins, but when you were resurrected, God, you have given us a new life, and that is what you have for the people in these room, in this room who received you. And then, God, for anybody in here who feels common, who feels normal, who feels just, just average or less than average God meet them collide with them tonight and we raise up kings and queens we thank you God for everything that you're doing in Jesus 